day. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Wednesday to you. It's Wednesday, January the 16th. I got my man, Mr. Michael Lee here. That's his uh, his Twitter tag, Twitter handle. So y'all need to follow him at Mr. Michael Lee. Uh, Mike Lee from The Athletic. But look, we're going to talk to y'all about last night's game in the first segment. The Sixers destroyed. I mean, Mike, they embarrassed the, the Timberwolves. So the Sixers embarrassed the Timberwolves 149-107. to 107. We're going to talk about that and Jimmy Butler. In the second segment, we're going to talk about Joel Embiid's quote-unquote muted candidacy for uh, in league MVP. We both think that you know, this guy is being overlooked, and the things that he's doing for the Sixers are so great. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about this murderous row schedule the Sixers have. Jimmy Butler tried to said to, said to me tonight that, hey, I think what if we win 12, and what if we lose the next 24? And I didn't want to come at him and say, dog, y'all ain't winning all 12. But maybe I should have because now I'm sitting here looking crazy. But anyway, Mike. Let's just talk about this game, last night's game, man. That thing was crazy. You know, I think there was a big missing piece from the game that probably would have made it a little more emotional, not having Tom Thibodeau around. I mean, yeah. the guy who Jimmy basically sort of had to punk to get out of Minnesota, who yeah. forced his hand, and uh, he had to show up. You know, his you know, coach in Chicago, I think it would have added something to it. I think you stripped him from it, and it almost felt like – Minnesota just had no purpose after that. Like, they yeah. just did not come to play. And it was really disheartening because you know that they've targeted this game from the moment they traded Jimmy Butler. You yeah. know, like, this is the game we can show Jimmy what we're all about. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. They showed him exactly what they're all about, yeah. and it's the reason why he's in Philadelphia right now. Yeah. Like, this game really, to me, was disturbing from a Minnesota fan because Jimmy Butler punked this squad you know, publicly shamed them and then tossed a lit match over his shoulder on the way out to make sure everything burned <laughs> down. And, you know, and they've had fun. They've had a couple of good games afterward. But Jimmy's basically made it clear that he didn't like these dudes and didn't think that they could, he could win with them, so he had to go elsewhere. So your first chance to play against, you get blown out by yeah. 42 points. Yeah. And, like, the game was – it was garbage time the whole second half. Yeah. You don't often see that. You know, I know they're not they, you know, trying to probably make a playoff run in the West where it's pretty tight, but I I just felt like this game more than anything else to let you know exactly why Jimmy Butler wanted out of there. Exactly. I mean, and then look at the two guys who he used to come at. You know what I mean? I know he always says, "Oh, I got great relationships with him. Nah, bro. Nah. <laughs> so look at him. So Carl Anthony Towns was four ten, right? Now, we he ain't not, not he did go 2 for 4 on threes, but he's a center. He's a 7-footer <laughs> going 4 of 10. 13 points, a minus, a minus 42. 42. So he was the difference in the game, Woo-hoo. right? So a minus 42. So then you look at Wait. The game was they lost by 42. <laughs> he took all them points in his 28 minutes. <laughs> no, no, 28. <laughs> like he did it on the floor the whole game, but he got all of them on so, him. So then you go to Wiggins. Uh, 
He had 12 points. He was 4 for 14. Yeah. 4 for 14. Now, just think about this if you're a Sixers fan. You were, you know, you were covering yeah, the team, yeah. and you know how badly they wanted Wiggins. I know. Like, Hinky wanted Wiggins. And yeah. when he came to visit, didn't they pull out all the stops for him? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. they wanted some Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And when they wound up winning third, it was like, oh, man, they missed out on Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Yeah. And now you like, dang, they <laughs> they came up. They're like, oh, thank you. They Jesus. got Joel Embiid. <laughs> they like, so at the time, you know, you had a broken foot or whatever. Yeah. You're like, man, he, is he even worth this, this risk? And Andrew Wiggins, man, like, it's, 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 it's disheartening because you know he has the physical tools to be phenomenal. He just doesn't have a motor. And that's what you need in this league. Like that's what makes you special. Like if you, he's just out there. Yeah, I mean, just he floating. doesn't move. He just like <laughs> just adrift. Yeah, you know? it, it was it, it was bad. And I mean, it, it was cool to see just uh, Carlton Towns. You know um, that one stretch where Jimmy wound up guarding him, and it took you back to that practice where <laughs> like like. Carlin Towns was like, anybody can get this work. Anybody can get this work. <laughs> yeah, and then Jimmy was like, do it to me. And then he guarded him and he shut him down. And then in this game, like, I wanted to see Cat go at him. Yeah. I wanted to see the Timberwolves kind of bring it. I, I, that, I think that's probably the thing that makes me more upset is that when you look at how Jimmy got his way out of there, um, at no point, at least publicly, and, and nothing was leaked privately, that anybody challenged Jimmy. And I think that he probably would have changed his whole perception of that team if somebody did. If somebody just confronted him and just said, hey, man, this is not how it's going to go down. Like, I know you think that I'm a chump, but I ain't no chump. Like, even if I'm a scrub, if I'm the 15th man and a dude's doing interviews Mm -hmm. and, like, clowning me and, like, gleefully talking about how I ain't got it, yo, even if I don't have it, I'm I'm not going to let him know it. Like, I'm going to get in his face and say something about it. And so I'm just disappointed. Like, I wanted to see a little more competitive game. Um, but I, I guess you got to give the Sixers credit, too, because they didn't <laughs> – they came to, to knock a team out. And you've seen the way they've blown so many games against inferior opponents that, you know, in recent – you know, recently they had to come out and send a message they could actually finish the job. Yeah. And I think yeah. that was more critical for them that they, they went on, they got a big lead, and they put their foot on the gas. Yeah, it was critical. But you know, let's let's get back to let's get back to <laughs> the Wigan. I mean, excuse the, me, the, the Carl Tan. Okay, and, yeah, Carl Tan, Jimmy Butler thing. So we talked about when he said anybody could get this work, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and then basically Jimmy shut him down. Well, Embiid trolled him after the game. Yes, You're right. He said he tweeted after the game. It was an honor to be a part. <laughs> of the third stringers and get a win against real NBA starters. Like, you know what I mean? Because remember, Jimmy Butler was doing it with the backups. Yeah, the backups. And, you know and he mean? didn't shoot the ball. And he didn't point. shoot the ball. And then so you look at it, and MB is like, I gave I gave the yeah. ball some work. Yeah, he had 31 and 13 <laughs> and whatever. And, 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 you know, and, and if you look at the way Jimmy played the first quarter, I think he didn't even want to score. Nah, he, he didn't. Was, he was trying to just get the win. That. And not even show up his own. Like, I don't even got to play hard for y'all chumps, and we still going to blast y'all. And, and they happened. won a 40, they got 43 points in the first quarter, 83 in the first half, and Jimmy was coasting. He wasn't even yeah. really trying. Like, you know, you always have these, these games, you're like, is he going to be too emotional? Is he going to be able to focus? And then the next thing you know, 
like Jimmy came out, like it didn't even matter. Like he yeah. didn't have to be uh, too emotional because nope. he had already, you know, his teammates had done enough work that it didn't even matter. Yeah. And, and talking about Jimmy, like, you, you know, we said that, you know, he didn't do anything. He was he had nineteen points on eight for ten shooting. It was a pretty three for flawless four. performance. Yeah, I mean efficient, man. Yeah. Efficient. And then it was weird because, you know, there was a time when, you know, he was matched up against Taj Gibson and he was just dominating the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo I mean, and that, that's the one thing you can say about Jimmy. I think that a lot of you know, people, you know, make a big deal about his incident with Brett Brown and, you know, wonder, you know, what kind of guy he is and how he disrupts the chemistry. I think he's really worked hard to not be an issue on the floor. I think he's really worked hard to try to not step on toes, to try to not try to take over, to let Ben and Joe kind of do their thing. And I think, you know, for all the the, um, the warts that, you know, have shown, I think you've got to give him credit for what he's done to try to make it work because, you know, what's their record now with him, 21 and 10 or something like that? Yeah, that's what I it mean, is now. That's a 20, pretty, might be 20 and 10. Like, so in games since he yeah, started since playing. He since he started playing, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think they're 21 and 10 with Jimmy on the floor or with since he joined the team. And I think that that's a pretty good record, <laughs> yeah. you know. But there's so much stuff going on that, you know, I think a lot of it gets lost that, you know, the team's actually been playing some good ball with him. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that. Now, it's, it's just not satisfactory. You just people just want more. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, people want more, and, and it's also let's face it, no matter what he does, if it ain't like being, uh, if it ain't hitting game winners in Charlotte yeah, and Brooklyn, it's and, like, what are you doing? And if he's not a choir boy or something, it's like, hey, what is he saying? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, unfortunately, you know, he he can't win. He he just, you know, for whatever reason, he can't win. And and you know what. He has a different type of personality. Like, he's the type of guy that wants people. He ain't people, for everybody. He's not for everybody. He wants you to challenge him, you know, be, you know, he just wants people to come back at him. And everyone isn't going to do that because they don't know him. They don't know that's what he wants. So sometimes you're like, where is he coming from? Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, I hate to say it, but, he, you know, he's a smart guy, the smartest guy in the room. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's trouble. It, sometimes it can be trouble. And it, <laughs> especially some, if you want to let everybody know you're a smart guy. Yeah, and especially if you got a high basketball IQ and some coaches don't. And I'm not saying that's a situation here. Yeah. I'm not saying that. So I don't want nobody to think that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that he could be the type of guy, if you're an insecure coach, he'll rub you the wrong way. One thing I say about Jimmy, and we can probably end it here just for this part, Jimmy is a mirror to whatever your problems are. Yeah. He he's he holds it up to you. If you're not aware that you, you know, got problems, he's putting that mirror to your face and he will let you know what those problems are. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, for, you know, the Sixers, I think, you know, they haven't been able to win against quality a lot of quality opponents or at least the top teams in in um in the conference. But, you know, every all their all their little flaws Jimmy's gonna bring it up, you know, exactly. and I think that's that's something that a lot of people don't really want a lot of times. Nah, they don't want to see that. They don't want the nah, truth. They don't want know? the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now in the, in the second segment, we let's talk about my man Joel Embiid when we get right back. All right, so you know you look at Joel Embiid right now. Here, here's the thing about Joel, and I hope I'm not long winded, no. but. The, the it's Sixers, it's your pocket. When they went, I know it's my <laughs> stuff. So let me stop. Like, look, so the Sixers go to Portland, 
Yeah. And they lose by 34. Joel doesn't play, right? Yeah. yeah. The next two games, they play the Clippers and they play Phoenix. Phoenix. Now, all I know is I added up, and I and I don't have the precise numbers right now, but it was something ridiculous. Like, they won those games by an average of 5.5 points, right? By an average of five points. Joel Embiid averaged 35 points. <laughs> he averaged like 19 boards. And he averaged like something like two and a half blocks. And they won those games. Barely. Barely, right? Against, I mean, at least the Suns were a very inferior team. Very yeah. inferior team. And then, you know, it's like you're looking at it and they're playing these teams. And, you know, Joel has to have great efforts just for them to win. And then look at what happened in Atlanta or against Atlanta the other day. Yeah. Where just no Joe and just Jimmy and Ben. Exactly. And they can't beat the Hawks at home. That's, and Yeah, exactly. Like that. I can see losing in Atlanta because a lot, lot of people go to Atlanta and lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For reasons that may not have anything to do with basketball. Yeah, a little but, bit too you know, much fun. It happens. Yeah, you you know. got to... You got to fly to Atlanta the day of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably your best chance to not have a schedule loss. But to, to, to further, like, I mean, help your, your statement out, Atlanta, will, they lost to them without two starters. Yeah, that's true. You know they they weren't in full strength either. Yeah, they weren't in full strength. Yeah. So it's like, y'all lost to them? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Joel Embiid, man, like, I, I get it. I know James Harden is having a phenomenal year. Yeah. And he'll probably win it. You know, well, you know, I mean, you still got Giannis and you still Milwaukee. got Giannis. Um, you got Kawhi Leonard, yeah, in um, Toronto. You got, um, I mean, when he comes back, I think his MVP case has been straight. LeBron James, yeah, right, he's course. always in the mix. Um, but I think that Joe is sort of not getting enough uh, attention when it comes to that discussion because you got to think about all these situations that the Seven Sixers are encountered. Mm-hmm. There probably isn't a team. In the league, maybe aside from Boston, that's winning games and dealing with as much drama as the 76ers. So you got the Markel Fultz situation that we yeah. don't even really talk about anymore. Yeah. This is a number one pick who's not playing for your yeah. team, right? You got um, Jimmy Butler's situation, whatever may have may have happened at the in the uh, in a you know with Brett Brown and in, in, in Portland. Um, you got just the whole chemistry, off awkward kind of chemistry, just the whole up and down thing. But Joe is bringing it every night. Yeah. And he was bringing it before the Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah. You know, and I think the reason why they made the trade, because they knew they can't waste this Joel Embiid season. Yeah. You know, he's coming out here and defensively, he's presence. Yeah. Offensively, he, he can, you know, we already know about his skill set and what he can do out there. But you can see, obviously, that he put in work this summer. You can see that he's made the leap, you know what I mean, in terms of being a, an elite superstar. But also, I think the one thing that doesn't get mentioned enough, and I know I've said it probably on this podcast before, the novelty of him playing is, is no longer there. You know, he's not a guy that he plays back-to-backs. You know, he plays every night for the most part. You know, every night they give him this rest. But, you know, he's on the floor, and it's not something like, oh, it's magical that he's there. Like, he has to come out there, and he has to bring it. And he's delivering, and you know, you know, Milwaukee's sort of having a dream season. Toronto's sort of having a dream season, but you can say like, you know, Kawhi's getting probably more buzz for MVP, but he's missed what eight, nine yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, and they're winning when he doesn't play. Yeah. When Joe doesn't play, 
this team with yeah, like with one. with Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler, who were pretty good players, right? I mean, yeah. one of them probably gonna make the All Star game, right? Yeah. They can't beat the Hawks at home. Yeah, I think that people need to start paying more attention to Joe because what he's giving them on a consistent basis, you can pencil him in for a twenty and ten. And then one night, the next night it might be forty-two, and then. Yeah. But it's you can always guarantee he's gonna give you numbers every night, and that's yeah. that's something that a lot has to be said for that because there's just been a tremendous amount of consistency. I mean, he had that one little rough stretch where he, you know, obviously was frustrated with his role after the trade, but I think that overall he's just been pretty consistent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at his stats, right? If you look at you know, in scoring. You know, Joel Embiid is seventh in the league in scoring, averaging 26.9 points, right? Yeah. He's tied for third in the league in rebounds with Anthony Davis at 13.3, right? In regards to block shots, Joel Embiid is tied with Cat for like six in the league <laughs> at 2.82. Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at this like, yo, this is a big doing all this stuff. Yeah, he's bringing you know? it on both ends. Bringing it on both ends. And the funny thing is, if you think about it, he's still not in shape. And I know some people are like... I'm with you, yeah. Some people are like, man, how is he not in shape? Well, they're not practicing, really. <laughs> That's the thing. And he gets in shape by playing in the games, and then you get fatigued and yeah. this and that. But... I honestly believe that his best season, I mean, well, he right now he's 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 good. He's playing phenomenally, but I think he's going to be even better next year. Because because my reason being is it's like I think that the team is going to be better next year. It's good they hope because, you know, like let's just say if they sign Jimmy and they bring him back, which I think they'll be foolish not to, right? Yeah. Let's say they bring Jimmy back, then they start getting that two-man game working. Ben Simmons works on his shot finally this summer, right? Yeah. And then you oh, get. Oh, by the way, I think what they really need. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead no, but all that stuff. So you get all that together. And I think Joel, they all going to be meshed better, and Joel's going to be a better player. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think one thing that is going to have to happen this summer, you mentioned Ben working on his shot. Uh-huh. I think it's critical for this team to really make that, that jump to be elite. Um, you know, Joe and Ben are going to have to work with each other yeah. in the off season. They're going to spend some time together. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out how to, you know, because you know they don't have to be best friends. They don't have to be buddies. They don't have to eat dinner together and do everything. But they do have to make it work because this franchise's future is hinged around whether wherever they can take it. Yeah, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like Ben represents the floor for this team, like which is pretty good. If he can really ascend and become, you know, a guy who can be a threat offensively, a threat in terms of, uh, you know, hitting shots or just doing anything, this team can really go up. But, like, you see Joe. Like, he came into this season on a mission. You can see how he's playing. And Ben is, is good. Like, he's just – but he's by a lot of it, he's sort of living off the fact that he's really talented. Yeah, yeah. If he, he if better. he combines I mean, he that, if he combines that with just a desire to like say I want to destroy everybody like the way Joe does, yeah, or they work out together and sort of get figure out the common ground and like maybe something they have in common that they yeah. can bring them together. I think then you can see Philadelphia, like you said, Joe gets better, Ben gets better, and then this team really starts to yeah. be that team that's up there. 
yeah. you know, the top three as opposed to like top five. This is the last comment I'm going to say for this segment about Ben. And here's the thing with Ben, in my personal opinion. You know, Ben Simmons, like, if you take away him being 6'10", right, mm-hmm. just take that away. But if you look at his athletic ability, mm-hmm. if Ben Simmons was playing football, a football player, Ben Simmons would probably be a high major Division One prospect probably playing in the pros. If he was playing, like, baseball, it would probably come down if he could hit a curveball. And if he could, (laughs) he'd probably be in the major leagues. And I think the problem with Ben, the thing that's holding him back is that he's such a great athlete and that everything came so easy for him to whereas, like, jump shot. Who needs to do a jump shot? Like, you know, he was dominating in Australia. He came to America. He was at Mount Verde Academy. He was the man there. Yeah. Everybody was talking about him. He was that he, guy. He's going to be yeah. the top pro- college prospect. Yeah. Then he go to LSU. Yeah. He's going to be the number one pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and then it's like, you know, last year, it's like, hey, I don't have a jump shot. And I'm still rookie of Getting the year. Getting triple doubles Getting whenever triple I want. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, hey, Oscar, Magic, me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So then it's like, you know. He it's hard to like, tell him, like, you, yeah. you can be better. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty good right now. I'm pretty good right now. Yeah. And, like, you know, like they said. I they almost had a triple double uh, against the Timberwolves. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah, Brett Brown stopped it. <laughs> he stopped it. Because, hey, let's talk about this. And we're about to go. Like, he had 20 points. 11 um, rebounds and 9 assists in 26 minutes. 20, you know what I mean? Set up the fourth. That's why I said Brett Brown stopped it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he could have let him sit out there and get that triple dub, yeah, which I'm sure Ben would have been happy with. He yeah, would have complained. He would have been extremely happy. Now, listen, <laughs> when we get back, y'all, we're going to talk about this third segment. It's going to be quick because I know y'all probably have places to go. But it's going to be on the Sixers' upcoming schedule right about now. All right. Now, Mike, when you look at the Sixers' upcoming schedule, right, it's, it's brutal. Um, they got they have 12 games. What is it? And 11, 12 games, I believe, 10 or 11 of them are going to be on national TV, right? Yeah. And they start out with Oak, at home. At, well, they start out at Indiana, yeah. and then they have OKC, Houston, San Antonio at home. Then they go to Denver, the Lakers. They better hope LeBron doesn't play. <laughs> Denver, the Lakers, Golden State, and Sac. Which and is a, not an easy place to play. Oh, no, no. And yeah. then they have Toronto, at Denver at Toronto at home, Denver at home, the Lakers at home, Boston. Now, this is the thing that really gets me. So they have Boston. You think like, oh, okay, it's going to be easy afterwards. But then right before they go into All-Star break is a back-to-back with Boston and, and at New York, that's to me, that's a tough back-to-back because you're playing Boston, then you go play the Knicks, and then the, but then everybody's thinking about All-Star break. Yes. You know what that's I'm like saying? That's like a trap game. Yeah, that's a and, trap and game. And you're in New York. And so. you're in New York, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's going to be tough, right, for the All-Star break because you're not going to be into playing the Knicks nah, at all. Nah, they're talking about going to... We're going to uh, we're going to go to like uh, the the Cayman Islands or something <laughs> like that. You know, now, the mean? interesting thing is that the trade deadline is the seventh, right? Yeah. So by then they probably have they probably gonna make a move of some sort yeah. just to add some more depth to the roster. Make they're gonna need those guys to step up on that uh, last game for the All Star break. Oh yeah, dude's gonna be ready for Cancun. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be tough. And and then like if you look at it, like all these teams besides um, no. you know the Nick. Well, the Knicks I'm not including. The yeah, Knicks. Like, this, we, this, yeah, we ain't worrying about that. Yeah. All these teams have winning records. Yeah. And the Sixers have a crazy record of they only won like four games against teams with a winning record. Yeah, and I think against Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana, and Boston, they're like two and six. Yeah, two and six, yeah. Which is not a good number if you feel like you're an elite team in your conference. Like, you have to win those games to, like, at least to prove to yourself that you're, you know. But, I mean, it's sort of like last year, you know, they kind of beat up on the teams they were supposed to beat up on and then just, you know, snuck in some wins here or there. But... I think the expectations now are that this team has to be better than that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so this stretch was, I think, in a lot of ways, will prove who they are. So honestly, I think up until the trade deadline, it's probably going to be the critical games. All the way up until that home game against Toronto, I think those are the, that's when you're going to try to really figure out who they are, what the whole Jimmy Butler fit is, what, you know, what he represents for the team, and just – how far you can grow with this group, you know, because I think even Brett Brown made it clear they need more. You know, they picked up Corey yeah. Brewer, you know, he came off the, <laughs> you know, dusted him <laughs> off the, the shelf, off yeah. the street, and they let him play. He had a nice game against the Wolves. But they're going to need that energy. They're going to need somebody to kind of, you know, provide some fire. Um, it was It's weird because, you know, last year, you know, after the trade deadline, they made those great moves to get Ersan and Bellinelli. Those play, kind of players, I don't even know if they're out there. They're now. not out there. So not out there. it's going to be – they're not going to be able to do what they did last year mm-hmm. where you just find two pieces that come in and then, boom, it fits, it's magic, and then you can withstand, say, the injury to a, um, you know, Embiid and still keep winning. They're going to have to find a spark from somewhere. And, you know, I know we always bring them up, but at some point, is number 20 going to show up? Yeah, I, I I don't know, dude. I think I, I guess they can't even yeah. even even let that enter their mind. I mean, the thing is, the problem with number twenty. When number twenty was here, when we're talking about Markel Fox, yeah. When number twenty was here, you were there. Were you here for that last game? Were you here that game? When uh, McConnell took his yeah, spot. yeah, McConnell took his spot. Yeah, McConnell took his spot, dude. I mean, McConnell took his spot. So then he goes away, and everybody says his shoulder is messed up. But people don't even talk about number 20 Not anymore. anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, and it gets to a point now, number 20 been away for six weeks. It's been, well, let's put this way. He's been away longer than that. But his diagnosis was for six weeks. Yeah. That was yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're still not talking about it. So right now, if the team is, if the team starts, if the team starts winning, and so everything starts going well, then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe we don't need number 20 right now. And and then even if he comes back, it's like, is he in shape? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is so, his head right? Yeah, is his yeah. head right? So, you know, I think the worst thing that whomever told him that, bro, you got to get away for a little <laughs> bit, that was the worst thing that could have happened. Because think about this. There was a time, even if number 20. We can like, call him Markel. Mar- yeah, if, if Markel wanted to get traded. And go somewhere else. There was teams like um, Phoenix, Phoenix um, Orlando, Detroit was interested. Now, 
Detroit, like, nah, well, we got to see him play. He hasn't played. Yeah. So he's out. He's like, he's and done. Now Dallas is floating out yeah. Dennis Smith. Exactly. Who's and the team. actually more productive. Who's actually more productive. And these teams were going to take Markel, one at Markel. Yeah. So it's like, dude, all you had to do is play because they would have they uh, traded for him and saw if, and would try to see if they could work it out. Yeah. And now it's like, ah, <laughs> now we can get Dennis Smith. Yeah. Uh, we don't want Markel, you know? Yeah. So I think he got some bad advice, man, and and, and I, I don't see – I mean, he could come back and help him, but I just don't see it, man. Yeah, well, I'll just say this. These next 12 games, you know, I know Jimmy's like, if we lose the next 24, but I think that 12-game stretch will be a good measuring for, like, just where they are. And we talked about Joe's MVP. If he goes in there and he gets handles his business against the Warriors and – you know, the Rockets, because, you know, that, that game against the Rockets is going to be the oh, yeah, matchup, right? Yeah, it's because Harden is on – he's playing on another team, level team, right yeah. now. So, these games on national TV with the, all the eyeballs looking to see just what everybody's about, that's really, you know, guys that got to step up. And, you know, this is – we're going to see what this team is really all about. You know, I know that Jimmy tried to downplay it, but this is going to be the ultimate test for this this group – especially at this stage in the season, because everybody wants to know, are they for real? We're about to see. Yeah, we're about to see. Well, look, man, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I still get upset that the one just – I lost I know, the one. Man. I know, that was that was y'all, – y'all, y'all missed a good one, folks. Yeah, it maybe – It would have been good. Yeah, it was a good one. It's my bad. It, it, <laughs> actually, it's your bad. It's like, no, let me stop. But actually, the, it was whoever called someone, the yeah. Yeah, someone called doing a pod and messed in, and we lost everything because of that. But, hey, y'all, I want to thank y'all for listening, and have a great day.